Hi and welcome to the new and improved Switchkick podcast. I am your host Ty Stott and I'm joined by the one and only Jake Bayliss. Jake, it's been a while. How have you been? Oh mate, it's been ages and I'm okay. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. I'm looking forward to getting back into posting regular podcasts. It should be fun with all the things happening in the mixed martial arts world. But uh, before we get into the thick of things, I just wanted to tell our listeners that you can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com forward slash switchkickmma, all one word, switchkickmma. And we are on iTunes now as well. So just go to the podcast section in iTunes, search for switchkick, two separate words, and you should find us without any issue. That being said, we know that there are a lot of MMA podcasts out there that follow a very similar format. So we're going to try and make this as dynamic as possible, implement a few changes over the next few weeks. I will be speaking to John from Martian MMA in Philadelphia later on. He's a betting expert and can hopefully give you some insight into any good value bets coming up in the MMA world. First off, though, Jake, it's been a long time, like you just said. Let's get straight into it. UFC 229, Conor McGregor against Khabib Nurmagomedov. What did you think of the actual fight? I thought, I did my research, rightly or wrongly, I thought it was Conor's to win. But Khabib, on the night, just proved everyone wrong, I think, or everyone wrong that back Conor, at least. His yeah. footwork looked better, his uh, striking looked better than we all anticipated, I think. And then when it got to the ground, I think we all got what we uh, thought was going to happen as well. Overall, I thought it was a, it was incredible performance from him, to be honest. One thing I wanted to ask you, I mean, Khabib, obviously, very dominant, one in similar fashion to how he usually does. But there is a but. Connor edged the third round, in my opinion. Now, in all Khabib's fights in the UFC, possibly in his career, we haven't really seen him lose a round. So do you think that there's some hope there for Connor going forward if there was a possible rematch? Uh, definitely, because um, I think he fought... Uh, Khabib fought Gleison Sebao as well in one of his earlier UFC fights. And although he won that fight, going over that footage again, it didn't exactly follow the same pattern, but you could see how Khabib could uh, lose rounds if he doesn't rely on that kind of ground game the same way as he did in the first two and then eventually in the fourth. Also, Connor, you've got to remember, came off two years without fighting in the octagon. So it's possible he had some ring rust as well. So you can hope that he's going to have an improved performance and now he's going to know more about what Khabib's about. And uh, hopefully he can put in a better performance, but I fully expect them to be a rematch anyway. I mean, it could be ring rust. Watching the fight, though, I just couldn't believe it. When Nurmagomedov was stood in front of him in the third round, I thought, right, this has got to be it. This is what Connor's known for. And he was within range, but his striking just wasn't there. There was no pop. Now, I know that could be because of the fact that he'd been worn down by Nurmagomedov in the first round, in the second round. But still, his striking just didn't look all there. Do you think that's ring rust, or do you think that potentially he was overtrained? He knew what a threat Nurmagomedov was. He, he focused so much on wrestling till the very moments leading up to the fight and neglected his striking training a bit. Yeah, that's a fair point. I mean, only today I uh, listened to a podcast that John Kavanagh did with Joe Rogan uh, on Monday, I think it was. 
and he said exactly what you've just said. He said maybe we were so focused with uh, what Khabib could do that we forgot what we could do to Khabib. Essentially, I think if you look at Connor's biggest wins, it's his movement has undone what his opponents are expecting to do. I think you are right. During this fight, maybe you thought about what to do to exploit that, and maybe it was the overcautious, the long layoff. Maybe he just got caught in his opponent's head really without the trash talk or anything like that maybe he was just scared of his own ability and one thing that you came up with off air jake um is that we want to start doing is looking at what fight makes sense next so for khabib who would you want to see him face up against next well i think although there was some clamor for the immediate rematch i think all week even after the fight has been about how interesting that fight was i think we could do with a gap just to let that breathe a bit. I really want to see the Babe Tony fight. I know Dana said he was never going to make that again after it fell through the last time, but I think to really establish Khabib as the lightweight champion, he needs to fight the best lightweights, and Tony is the next one in line. As for Connor, I think if he's not going to fight Khabib, it's, it's got to be Nate, hasn't it? Now that he's not fighting Poirier especially, it's got to be Nate, I think. Yeah, although you never know with Connor. Malignaghi spoke about Connor's loss and I hear that in a Netflix documentary Connor's team are planning on releasing footage of McGregor sparring with Malinagi for the for the Mayweather fight which could indicate that Connor dropped him in that footage do you think it's possible that we could see another boxing match oh it's definitely possible I, I would never rule anything out with uh with Connor I mean it's not long ago we were hearing rumors about him fighting Floyd Mayweather boxing rules but leg kicks involved as well or something like that so you can never you can never question the man i mean this is the fight of the first boxing fight was against floyd mayweather so anything's possible but i think realistically i'd, I'd expect nate diaz next for him now i don't want to spend too much time on the brawl that happened after the fight it's something well i'd say fairly embarrassing for the sport and i'd rather move on from it but we do have to mention it so who do you think primarily is at fault for what happened after the fight i think overall it's a bit of everyone um you can say kind of because of the trash talk in the lead up maybe went uh, a bit too far i'd certainly agree with some of that although i think when you're trying to hype a fight you can get away with a lot more than you normally would in everyday life uh khabib obviously committed the action. I mean, he started it all, instigated it all, jumping over the fence to get to Dylan Dennis. And again, the UFC for letting all this kind of build up, using the dolly attack in the uh, in the promo for it and things like that. But ultimately, it's the stuff we want to watch as well as as fans. Now, if we're feeling disappointed about what happened, maybe we need to look at ourselves a little bit and go, well, why is that? Do we need to keep things in check a little bit? I don't know. But you're telling me when there's a rematch that the footage isn't going to get used. And we're going to lap it up and it's going to do even bigger numbers. So who, who's right or who's wrong, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But one thing that does concern me, and this is the first time that anything like this has concerned me in the UFC, is this being taken outside of the sport. You know, when McGregor was questioned by the police about the three guys that jumped into the cage and started clocking him when the fight was finished, he didn't press charges. He's downplayed it. No, it was nothing. But you know with McGregor, this is a serious thing. Now, could he be trying to make his own arrangements in terms of getting these people back? I think that's something we need to consider. And another thing is, could this now start a big rivalry between the Irish and maybe not the Russians and, and the Dagestanians aren't really that many people. But, you know, whenever there is an event, 
where they happen to coincide. Could there be violence? Young people involved, young people getting hurt, all because of what two sort of egos did to promote a fight. Yeah, I think that's definitely a concern uh, at future events and things like that. You have hit a good point there. I think what will be important is what the two fighters say afterwards. Like you say, kind of drop the charges. And although you can have your own thoughts about that, it at least dilutes it a little bit. Now, what you'd like to think is Connor's going to come out and kind of diffuse it some more. In terms of being outside the sport, I think that is important as well to consider. And like I, like I said to you, like when we were chatting about the event at the weekend, I was sitting with people that don't watch the sport, don't know anything about the sport really. And yet you've got the biggest showcase, the biggest fight in UFC history, arguably. And that's what people are watching. Like my nan was talking about, oh, were you watching the fight that was on the news about that fighter jumping out the cage? And you've got to try and say, oh, yeah, it's not really like that. It's a different kind of sport. But I know MMA fans, they get a bit insular sometimes to think, oh, yeah, but they're not going to be converted anywhere. They're just casuals or they're just this or they're just that. But if you want the sport to grow, you, you can't be like excluding people like that either. So I think there are some wider issues, but I don't know how you really address them or solve them. It's just something we've got to think about some more, I think. Well, let's move on. In fact, uh, there's some breaking news, Jake. I don't know if you've seen. I've just seen it pop up on my Twitter feed. John Bones Jones has just been announced to fight against Alexander Gustafsson as the main event for UFC 232 in December for the light heavyweight belt. Um, I'm really happy to hear to hear this. I thought Gus may have edged the first fight. It went Jones's way, but what an epic fight it was. So I can't wait. Uh, 232 shaping up to be a, a card and a half. What are your thoughts? Yeah, obviously, the uh, that was rumoured before. The UFC tried to get the uh, Jones to fight on the MSG card next month, uh, but he said, no, I'm going to need more time, even though his suspension was lifted. Um, he's going to need more time to be, you know, fight ready after his long layoff as well. But you're right, what a fight that was. It's what, it's one of my all-time favourites. Uh, I agree with you. I think Alex did maybe edge it in the first one, but I think it's a rematch all MMA fans have been waiting to see, and to see it at the end of the year, think we're all going to appreciate it as well yep looking forward to that one uh, back to ufc 229 tony ferguson against anthony showtime pettis what a fight fight of the night bonus well deserved did you enjoy that one? Oh man that's what it's all about isn't it you stay up late it's five o'clock in the morning you're thinking oh why have i done this you're watching osp fight dominic reyes you fight it, all the all the prelims and some are good and some are not so good and you stay up and watch these fight night cards and then i'm at main event one of the biggest pay-per-views of the year you get ferguson and pettis and there's blood everywhere and everyone's throwing what they can and let's not forget as well it was a great stoppage by uh pettis's coach to say look you've got a broken hand you've done what you can no one's going to doubt your heart or your will but the, the two rounds we got i mean they were it was a hell of a 10 minutes wasn't it yeah it was great really entertaining to watch and uh, props to both of them. I don't think there's any loser there. I don't think Pettis's stock goes down. You know, he looked great. He rocked Ferguson, who, who's got an incredible jaw on him. And he was very close to, to finishing that fight. So it was, it was incredible. Another fight, another one of those moments that you say we stay up until five in the morning, hoping we see something spectacular, was uh, Derek Lewis in the dying seconds of his fight against Volkov when he'd all but lost that fight. I think there were about 10 seconds left. Um, knocked his opponent out. What were your thoughts on that one? Oh, I, I was cheering and cheering and cheering when he got the knockout. That it kept my bet alive anyway. That one, and <laughs> I was watching it all fifteen, well, fourteen minutes of it, and 
Volkov just had he seemed to have all the answers for him, didn't see Lewis seemed out of the fight. I couldn't see how he was going to get his way in. And then I think Volkov threw one leg kick and he was able to come in with the overhand, caught him and that ground and pound as well. It was lethal, wasn't it? He was taking no prisoners at all. And then I think in his post after his post-fight speech, I think since then he's got like, I don't know, 600,000 new Instagram followers or something. It's just, that's the, that's the kind of performance and that's the kind of moment that, you know, we say, oh, yeah, you're on a kind of pay-per-view, you know, announce yourself to the world kind of thing. And I think Ferguson Pettis did that, and Derek Lewis was another one who's a big winner of the night. Yeah, I agree. But I'll tell you what I do think. I think that Volkov was being quite nice. He wanted to, I don't know, he wanted the fight to be stopped when Lewis may have been poked in the eye. He walked to give a mouthpiece back to Lewis when it actually turned out it was his own mouthpiece. And all these things gave Lewis, who was gassing, a bit of time to breathe. And in the yeah. end, I think that could have been a sort of instrumental into the the direction the fight went. Oh, definitely, because even he admitted he's got no cardio. You know what I mean? But listen, um, Volkov's had some good wins. I mean, he's, he's a hell of an opponent. And yes, you can say he had him for 14 minutes. He's obviously the better fighter, but comes to the closing stages. And Lewis just kept going and kept going and saw his chance and took it. And obviously got his reward as well because he's been in um, two thirds, yes, no? Yep, he's the main event uh, against uh, DC Daniel Cormier title shot. It's actually quite interesting because after he defeated Volkov, he said in his post-fight press conference that um, he had no interest in fighting for the title because he doesn't have the cardio for five rounds. But you never know with Lewis whether he's actually being serious or just messing around with the media, do you? No, you don't. And let's not forget, Darren Tillon, he's, when he won against Wonderboy, said I, he's not ready for it as well as some other words we won't we won't repeat. But, <laughs> so, you know, there is a precedent there. But I think it's an entertaining fight and it gives gives all those new fans that, you know, Lewis endeared himself to. Suddenly he's the top of the pay-per-view card and people are going to go, right, I want to see him fight again. So hopefully they get increased numbers from that. Absolutely. Uh, rest of the main card, um, Reyes OSP, wasn't anything special, Reyes won. Uh, Waterson Herrig, I kind of thought that was going to go to a split decision. Uh, in the end, it was unanimous mm. in the favour of Waterson, but a very close fight, though. It could have gone either way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I agree. Uh, I think I had it for Herrig personally, but it was one of them fights as well. You, you watch it and you could appreciate the, the technical skill of it and everything, but you watch it and think, that's definitely going to go to the decision. And uh, I know some of the boys I was watching with as well were tempted to go for a sleep during that one so we could lead up to the main event. Well, this weekend we've got uh, no UFC, no UFC for another three weeks, in fact, but we do have two Bellator cards coming up, uh, Bellator 207, Bellator 208. So back-to-back, uh, -to -back really, one, one on Friday night, one on Saturday night. Now, I don't want to spend too much time analysing the cards, but I think we should look at the main event. So we've got the continuation, the semi-finals of the heavyweight Grand Prix tournament. Um, for Bellator 207, Matt Mitrione taking on Ryan Bader. Who do you think is going to take that fight? For me personally, at the start of the, uh, start of the Grand Prix, I think I said Ryan Bader was favourite. Back in the days where we actually you know, had a studio all them months ago. So yeah. <laughs> um, No, I think if you look at the fight objectively, uh, Matt Mitrione usually has like a speed advantage against most of the heavier guys he faces up there in his weight class. But I think Ryan Bader coming up from light heavyweight, I think he's going to have that advantage. And if you 
if you take that away from Mitrion, I can only see a straightforward Vader win because for me, he'd still be right up there in the UFC. Yeah, I would say he's favourite for the tournament as well. Yes, he's smaller, but you know he stepped up from light heavyweight. He's the current light heavyweight champion in Bellator. Um, and in the first round, he knocked his opponent out, I think, within 30 seconds. He's fresh. He's got the wrestling advantage, got the speed advantage. But you can never really rule Mitrione out. We'll see what happens. Also on that card, Big Country is fighting. Um, some other old UFC fighters. Uh, Larkin is also on the card. But we won't go into too much detail. I want to move on to Bellator 208 for a fight. I can't wait to see the legendary Fedor Emelianenko taking on, well, I'd say the also legendary Chael Sonnen. Any picks for that one? Well, we don't need to really ask about your pick, do we? So we all know who you're <laughs> going to go with on this one. Listen, it's a strange one because it should be Fedor's. It should be. But, again, Chao up at that way, you don't really expect too much from him, but he did look convincing against Rampage. And if you look at that Rampage and Vandalay fight that happened the other week, uh, Rampage looked in, you know, good sorts. He looked in, you know, good shape. Having said that, I'm only saying that because I'm a big Chao fan, really. Uh, I think... Any fan's going to look at that and think Fedor's got it. But hopefully, you know, we, we see an upset, at least from my side. <laughs> I'm a big Chael fan as well when it comes to um, speaking about the fight game, but not so much his actual fighting skills. I think he's passed it. Not that Fedor isn't, but I really cannot see a way that Chael Sonnen wins this fight. And that's not even coming from my own bias because of all those years of watching Emelianenko. I just can't see how Sonnen wins this. On the feet, he's going to get lit up. On the ground, there's no way he can just do what he did to Rampage Jackson, to Fedor Emelianenko. There's no way. So I think Fedor beats him everywhere. It would take an extremely lucky shot to beat Fedor. And I just don't think Sonnen has the hands, the power for that. But uh, we'll see what happens. Anything can happen. It's going to be good for it to have at least one heavyweight in the final anyway. So we'll go with Fedor for this one, shall we? Okay, so it's like we're looking at a Ryan Bader, Fedor Emelianenko fight, which would sort of suggest the most youthful guy in the tournament against uh, the the veteran. Fedor's 42 years old, so if Fedor won that, that would be a, an incredible way to maybe retire as the all-time greatest, I'd say. Well, for a man that never fought in the UFC, if he, if he beats Ryan Bader, I mean, let's, let's not beat around the bush. I mean, beating Frank Mir or beating Chael Sonnen in 2018 isn't really a test of your calibre. Now, if he can get a win against someone like uh, Bader, that really, at his age, lets us know how great he really was, especially in his prime. It's, you know, it's the ultimate icing on top of the cake, I suppose. You're right, I think, after that he could retire. Yep, so uh, a lot to look forward to. Uh, I really like the direction that Bellator uh, are taking things. Uh, we're going to call it a day uh, for now. Um, I'm going to be back speaking to John from MMA Martian shortly regarding betting tips. Uh, Jake, uh, we'll be speaking again in the coming weeks. We'll have a look at what happened in the Bellator heavyweight tournament and we'll preview some of the upcoming UFC events and maybe just have a general catch up with regards to what's been happening the past few months, seeing as we haven't spoken for so long. Yeah, sounds good, man. It's great to be back. All right. Thanks a lot, Jake, and I uh, will speak to you again soon. See you later. Okay, moving on to our betting section. We've got John from Martian MMA all the way from Philadelphia joining us. John, thank you for being here. How's it going? 
What's up, Ty? Happy to be here. Happy to be on this podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, let's get right into these Bellator cards this weekend. Yeah, as you say, I mean, we tend to focus more on the UFC cards, but we do have two Bellator events coming up this weekend, 207 and 208. 207 is headlined by Matt Mitrione against Ryan Bader. Um, do you think there's any bet there? And if so, what's your opinion? Right now, the line stands at uh, Ryan Bader minus 320 to Matt Mitrione at plus 260. And, uh, you know, Ryan Bader is the light heavyweight champion of Bellator moving up to heavyweight. And despite him being smaller, I still think that he has a very favorable matchup in this one. We saw Mitrione just squeak out his last fight against Roy Nelson. He looked really, really good on the feet in the first two rounds and was piecing uh, Roy Nelson up pretty easily. But then in the third round, he was taken down and uh, got mounted crucifix for a good few minutes and was getting pounded. It, it could have been a 10-8 round and it could have been a draw, but luckily, the judges scored that round of 10-9 for uh, Roy Nelson and gave Matt Mitchell in the win. Uh, on the other hand, Ryan Bader came out and starched his opponent, King Mola Wall, in about 30 seconds. You know, again, not a, not a true heavyweight, a light heavyweight moving up just like Bader. So Bader made quick work of him. But I really see Ryan Bader's wrestling being a, a big problem for Mitrione in this one. I think that Mitrione's going to get taken down, and I do not think he has the wrestling credentials to get back up on his feet. So I think that Ryan Bader is a, uh, it should be the very a big favorite in this one. Uh, you know, but I would I would not trust them at minus three twenty. Um, don't really think that uh, Mitch Jones were the stab at plus two sixty either. Uh, so I would uh, pass on the betting aspect of this one. But there are a few other fights on this card, Belter two hundred seven, that might be worthy of a bet. Um, we have Lorenz Larkin taking on Ian Pascu, and you know Lorenz Larkin is a UFC veteran and uh, has a lot of name recognition, which is why you see him as an eight to one favorite over his opponent in this one. But man, uh, Lorenz Larkin has has struggled in Bellator, has not been able to get things going. He he does have a much easier matchup in uh, Ian Pascu than his uh, former past opponents, but. You know, Pascu is no slouch, so I think that, uh, you know, if you are, are looking to uh, play uh, a big underdog, Ian Pascu might be a good one to play. Or uh, Kevin Ferguson Jr., Kimbo Slice's son, is 3-1 uh, and one in MMA, and he is, again, a minus 800 favorite somehow. I don't know I don't know how this is possible, how a guy with four fights can be 8-1 to one favorite, but uh, his opponent, Corey Browning, seems to be a bit of a bum himself. He has fought very low competition and actually has a loss to some of that very low competition but when you're betting a guy three and one versus two and one and one of them is five to one underdog I, I don't discourage a play there at all and I think possibly the best value on this 207 card would be in the co-main event with Sergey Karatonov taking on Roy Nelson Sergey Karatonov is a former uh, you know kickboxing champion mma champion you know very up there in age along with his opponent roy nelson but plus 255 at this point for karatanov versus roy nelson who hasn't looked all that impressive and has looked slow and old in his most recent fights i don't discourage a play at plus 255 there okay that's excellent uh, in interesting options there definitely then and then of course the day after we have uh, bellator 208 the legendary Fedor Emelianenko taking on Chael Sonnen in the semi-finals of the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. Um, any value in that main event, do you think? 
Uh, man, I, I don't think that there's much value in this one. The line is actually pretty similar to uh, the uh, Mitrion and Bader fight. Uh, Fedor Emelianenko is minus 270. Chael Sonnen is plus 230. Chael Sonnen did have some uh, success wrestling his uh, a larger opponent in Rampage in his last fight and getting the W to advance to the semifinals in this one. But I do not think that he will be able to replicate that grappling game plan against the world-renowned grappler that Fedor is. You know, we saw Fedor absolutely ragdoll um, Frank Mir in their last fight. Obviously, he got hurt by a punch and all, but he was still hurt and was able to execute a masterful judo throw to get uh, Frank Mir on the ground and eventually finish that fight uh, about 30 seconds after he was rocked himself. So if, if Fedor was facing a puncher, then I think that he would uh, lose this fight. The fact that he's facing a wrestler in Chael Sonnen, I think it's a very, very favorable matchup for him. Uh, I see Fader getting past uh, Chael. I don't know how it'll end, honestly. Uh, it, it could be a knockout, or Fedor could maybe you know coast to a decision or something like that. But I don't think Chael will have much success in this one, and I think we will eventually see Fedor versus Ryan Bader for the final heavyweight title. Okay, and um, any other fights on 208 where you see any value? Um, there are uh, not not much value on this one, but some good fights. I would uh, very much uh, advise tuning into this one. We have the former uh, Bellator champion Alexander Shlomenko taking on uh, a Russian name of Antilov Tokoov. So uh, that that should be a very very good fight. Shlomenko actually gave a tough tough fight to Gegard Musasi, who after Musasi's last fight, you know, there's a lot of talk about Musasi being maybe one of the top 15, top 10 pound for pound fighters in the world, and Shlomenko just gave him a very very tough fight that a lot of people thought he won but uh this uh tokov guy russia 26 and 3 man is uh also has some success in bellator as long as acb and fight nights global so he's been fighting some very very good competition and winning a lot his uh, uh only loss in the past you know few years has been to uh ramazan Amiv, who is a very legitimate contender in the ufc right now we also had uh, uh, have Tim Johnson taking on Czech Congo, two former UFC heavyweights. Tim Johnson opened up in this fight at plus 175, which is tremendous value for uh, the good wrestler and grappler that Tim Johnson is, versus Czech Congo, who struggles with grappling a lot and has throughout his entire career. So uh, if you were able to get in on that opening line of uh, Tim Johnson, congrats to you. But unfortunately, Johnson has been bet down to a favorite now. Not really as much value there because this is, you know, a pretty close fight still. We have Benson Henderson taking on Saad Awad in this one. Uh, Henderson coming over from the UFC has kind of struggled to uh, adapt to Bellator. He's been fighting really the best of the best in Bellator. And it seems like they're giving him a little bit easier of a fight. But, man, still, Saad Awad is no joke. He is uh, on a four-fight win streak in Bellator beating some some good competition so i think this will be a great fight and you know uh sada plus 350 or plus 330 excuse me is, is actually some decent value so uh bellator is putting on some back-to-back -back great cars this weekend and like time mentioned uh you know obviously the focus is usually on the ufc with everybody they obviously offer more betting odds and more props on ufc fights but when there's no ufc like there's a hiatus for three weeks now uh we still have some great mma to keep us entertained in the meantime yeah that's great i'm really looking Looking forward to these couple of events this weekend, uh, like you say, especially with the UFC being on a bit of a break. John, thank you so much for joining us here on the Switchkick podcast. Uh, for everyone out there um, that wants to uh, listen to more of John, he has a podcast called MMA Martian. So you can check that out on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube. You can also follow him on Twitter. Uh, John, anything else you want to say before we let you go? 
No, man, very, very uh, grateful for you having me on and hope to be back on the Switch Kick podcast in the future. Excellent, John. Thanks, and we look forward to speaking to you soon. Peace. Switch, Switch Kick Podcast. Kick Podcast.